0: Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost? I'm your host, Annette.
1: And I'm Stephen.
0: And today we are on episode 49.
1: Go Lakers. You-
0: <laughs> Stephen. Yes, dear. Do you-, <laughs> Do you know anything about the Witch?
1: No. Is she a about- bell? You don't
0: have to guess, though. You don't you don't have to come up with something. You could just not know things. Exit jingle. <laughs> we crack on? Crack on. Autumn comes upon us every year like clockwork. The leaves change colour and fall with the weight of the year. The birds fly south. The weather changes. We really only get about two weeks of sunshine in Ireland, so the weather now requires three or more layers. And yet every single year, Irish mammies all over the country are saying the same thing. I just can't believe it's already getting dark. Sure, it's only seven o'clock. I am an Irish mammy now. Not since the boys were born. No, I'm officially an Irish mammy since Thursday last week. When looking out the window, I thought to myself, should the street lights be going on now at five o'clock before we know it? Because growing up in Ireland, you, a small person who has yet to learn how to tell time, are allowed to play on the street with your friends, other small people, who also don't yet know how to tell time. But only until the street lights come on. That's how you know it's time to come in. Because if you don't come in when the lights are on... Actually, I I don't know what happens. We always came in. The fear of an Irish mammy was very real in my day. Nowadays, though, you barely need a calendar to tell you when autumn is coming. The smell of pumpkin spice lattes swirl in the wind from coffee shops and restaurants smell like homemade soup and freshly made rolls. Call it fall, call it autumn, call it whatever you like. We all know what we're looking forward to. It's nearly Halloween. Ghosts and ghouls, pirates and cowboys, homemade robot costumes and Amazon-bought Demogorgon suits. It's all fantastic. And yes, those are a thing. And we can get into the origin of Halloween another day because it has strong roots in the Irish holiday Samhain. But I want to discuss a much-loved costume today, but she's and rice did. we used to hate witches, who weren't even witches. Some of them weren't witches. Take, for instance, Tituba. We mentioned her when we covered the Salem Witch Trials. To summarise, because Stephen loves the summary, she lived in the Paris household and was accused of witchcraft by two young girls. Now, although she admitted to making witch cakes and knowing magical practices for protection against evil, there's actually no proof that she was a witch and it's believed she confessed because of the awful conditions in which she was questioned. Or let's look at Marie Laveau. Marie attended mass religiously, yet she was also a priestess of voodoo and practiced the magical arts. She was known as the most famous voodoo priestess in Louisiana, but we could go so far as to say the world. Born a free black woman in New Orleans in the mid-1700s, All classes of New Orleans society called on Marie Laveau for magical spells. She lived well into her 90s, and still her grave is visited by many on Halloween. So, two people, one accused and one a proud practitioner. But then there's the masters of the craft that are so, dare I say, talented, that they don't even need to physically be there to rain havoc. I want to tell you about the Bell Witch. If you're expecting a story of a wicked old crone who lives in a hovel built by kidnapped children who are then eaten, this is not the story for you. If you want to hear of a witch hiding in plain sight, let's begin at the beginning. In 1804, ten families, as well as John Bell and his wife Lucy Williams Bell, began a journey from Edgecombe, North Carolina to Red River, Tennessee. The Bells would become very successful farmers, flourish in their new home, and would be widely respected and well-liked within their community. The Bats family, however, who also traveled from North Carolina, would come to hate the Bell family. Frederick Bats, head of the Bat family, was seriously injured while working on his farm. He'd spend the rest of his life unable to work, and therefore the family situation became desperate. He was forced to sell parts of his property to cover the family for some time. John Bell was more than happy to buy the land from Frederick, but this transaction would begin a never-ending dispute between the two families. You see, John knew that the bats were struggling. Frederick's wife, Kate, would go on to accuse John of exploiting their circumstances when he bought the land for much less than it was worth. She swore to John that she would make him and his family pay for the supposed wrongdoing. This clearly didn't faze John, as he would again escalate the tension between the families. John had purchased a young slave from Frederick's brother, Benjamin, but John felt she was too young to be separated from her mother just yet. Not that I think that that was as a kindness. She probably had more to learn. When he eventually came to collect her, Benjamin reneged on the agreement saying she was worth more. After a monumental amount of quarrelling, John sold the girl back to Benjamin for more than the purchase price, further extorting money from the bats family. John believed the matter ended and never intended on doing business with the bats again. But little did he know, Benjamin filed a lawsuit against him for extortion. Now, I don't say little did he know for dramatic effect, I mean he really didn't know, so didn't show up to court. Without John there to contest, the court sided with Benjamin. And of course, as news travels in little towns, the judgment got back to Red River and their local church, and they were not happy. John was excommunicated from the church. Back in those days, if you didn't have the backing of the church, your door was wide open for all sorts of evils. Kate Batts became the prominent member of her family. Boisterous, harsh, loud and spiteful, she was widely disliked by others in the community and because of some questionable behaviour in church, they also believed that Kate was practising witchcraft. They suspected that the tragedy which befell her husband was a punishment from God for practising such evil. Although none of them dared to confront her directly with those accusations, most people chose instead to avoid her as much as possible. Kate, at the time, was considered far too intimidating. But I think it's fair to assume most women back then who had to take the reins in their family and navigate in a man's world came across as intimidating because they had to be. But the Bell family continued on in their home for years, seemingly without any issue. Until one day, John was out hunting on his land, carrying his trusty rifle with him. He spots something odd out of the corner of his eye. John sees a large animal sitting in a cornrow. At first, it looked almost like a big dog, except it had the head of a rabbit. John, taken aback by the sight, fires his gun at the animal several times, sure he hit it, but it runs away. He returns to the house disturbed, but still believing his eyes had deceived him, he puts the incident out of his mind. But that was just the beginning. That night, the entire family started hearing noises all around the house, alternating between what sounded like scratching and scraping, and then someone beating on the wall outside. The sounds continued throughout the night, A few times, the Bell parents and the older sons ran outside to try and see if they could catch the person behind the sounds, but every time they ran out, there was no one there. As the days went on, the noises increased, with both intensity and frequency, some of the noises being so loud the younger children were unable to sleep. Another night, the young Bell children woke up with a startle and ran to their parents to tell them they thought there were rats in their room. Not under the floorboards, oh no, gnawing at the bedposts, but again, when they checked, there were no rats. So far, aside from noises, albeit loud and obviously scary, it's just been noises. Until one night, one of the Bell daughters, Betsy Bell, was awoken by a noise. When she tried to get up to investigate, she found that her hair had been tied in knots around her bedposts, so she wasn't able to get up. Nearly as soon as she realised she couldn't move she felt the sting of a slap, as if someone had slapped her across the face. But there was no one in her room. She screamed in fear and pain and her family rushed to find a red hand-shaped welt on poor Betty's face. It wasn't long before the young bell boys started to show the same hand-shaped welts on their faces as well as their legs. It seemed whatever the malevolent force was, it was only getting stronger. It wasn't long before a female voice could be heard throughout the home. It started as soft and disjointed little mumbles. Faint whispers would come through the walls, and as the days went on, the voice grew louder and louder. Her voice would float through the hall, singing hymns, quoting scripture, and even having conversations. Eventually, she started referring to members of the family by name. It wasn't long before the Entity made her intentions very clear. She hated John Bell and wished to see him dead. The reason wasn't clear, only the female voice could be heard saying, Mr. Bell is a bad man. Still, John Bell had refused to go to any higher authorities to seek any help. First of all, what would he say? And secondly, they lived in a God-fearing town. Openly admitting that an evil entity was tormenting your wife and children would not bode well. Over the next few weeks, the slaves on the property would report seeing strange birds and animals on the land, noting that some of them could talk. While out for a walk in their fields, Betsy saw the apparition of a young girl in a green dress, hanging by her hands from a tree branch, and as she got closer to investigate, the young girl disappeared. These were, of course, strange happenings, but the physical torments and disembodied voice grew in frequency and severity, and the lack of sleep was making it damn near impossible to function. John finally confided in his friend and neighbour, James Johnston. He explained the goings-on, and James agreed that both he and his wife would come and help cleanse the home and rid it of this entity. But after several nights with no let-up, James advised that John reach out to the wider community. News spread fast, I mean really fast, and it went further than even their own town. Before long, people were passing the home in the hope of catching a glimpse of the activity, and at first there was none, but it seemed the more attention the entity got, the more it would make its presence known. They were nearly feeding its evil. It had no qualms about making its feelings towards John known either. Eventually, news reached Army General and future United States President, Andrew Jackson. He decided to take a group of his men to the Bell home and set up camp for a few days. Foolishly, one of Jackson's men claimed to have brought along silver bullets and bragged to his fellow soldiers that he had planned to use them to kill the witch. As they neared the Bell property line, the wheels of the wagon seized, as if they'd buried themselves in the dirt, and try as they might the soldiers were unable to move the wagon. Just as they were about to abandon their wagon and return to Nashville, Jackson supposedly apologized for his soldiers' boorish behavior, and immediately after the wagon was free, and the troops went on their way with no further issue. The plan was to spend a few nights at the property, but Jackson and his soldiers returned after just one night. Jackson is reported to have said,
1: I would rather face the whole of the British
0: army than spend another night at the Bell property. Though it's not written in any official documents, does it need to be? They stayed one night. I doubt the crack was mighty. It's odd, though. Not all the Bell family was treated the same by the entity. John's wife, Lucy, was diagnosed with a severe case of pleurisy, and some questioned if she would survive. While Lucy was bedridden, the Entity would often sing gospel hymns and leave hazelnuts and grapes on her bed seemingly appearing out of thin air. Gradually, Lucy's condition improved and she would make a complete recovery. But as Lucy got better, John's health was declining rapidly. And then, on the morning of December 20th, John Bell was found dead in his bed. A vial with a strange liquid and pungent odour was found on his bedside table, It was also coming from his mouth proving he drank the disgusting substance. It was suggested that Lucy might have poisoned Belle. But as the accusation was made, Kate's disembodied voice responded. I fixed his medicine last night and gave him a big dose of it. He'll never get out of that bed again. This was the first documented instance of a supernatural death in the United States. Not satisfied with simply killing John, Kate was said to have shown up at his memorial during the burial service. To further torture friends and family, she mocked Belle by laughing and singing drinking songs. After the funeral, the activity began to subside. It seemed Kate's entity had served its purpose. She had avenged her family by killing her nemesis. The family believed her gone for good until the spring of 1821, when Betsy received a proposal from a well-respected young man by the name of Joshua Gardner. As before, Betsy saw the apparition of the little girl in the tree again, warning her not to marry this man, and then disappearing. Betsy broke off the engagement rather than take the chance of the poltergeist returning, and Gardner moved away as a result. What we need to remember with a story this old is that not a lot of people would have been able to read or write, so stories were passed on through word of mouth. And the diary of one of the Bell children wasn't written until he was much, much older. And I can vouch for the memory, being a little afraid as we get older. One thing I've learnt that makes this story just a little juicier. Lucy, John's wife, was the younger sister of John Williams Jr., Kate's father, making Lucy Kate's aunt. I wonder, now just hear me out after Kate who I reckon has either mastered the art of astral projection or was strong enough to summon and control a demon but after Kate nursed Lucy back to health did she maybe start to see things from her point of view and maybe went to the dark side and joined her crusade. The Bell family even today have experienced strange events that are not so easily explained. Bob Bell, a family member still alive today recalls an incident involving his grandmother. In a state of terror, she called Bob's father and requested he come to investigate a disturbance and look for intruders. When they arrived, they found nothing out of place. That is, until they went into the kitchen. The china cabinet, with all the family's finest locked away, was now open and the dishes were tossed all about the floor. Yet, strangely, not a single dish had broken or smashed. Tim Henson, a local historian and curator at the town's museum, says people who visit the Bell property advised not to take anything home with them. This should be life rule number one, with with three parts. Leave nothing but footprints, take nothing but pictures, kill nothing but time. Though in this case, it's supposedly already unalived, so I think you're okay to take a picture. According to Henson a man took a rock from a cave near where the property once stood and he lost his wife, his job and his home within three days of visiting. There is always the possibility that these events would have occurred regardless and that his taking the rock was just coincidence, but who knows? Even so, if you ever visit Red River or Adams as it's known today, the locals may not make a believer out of you, but you would still be wise to at least be respectful of the property that still to this day holds something dark. What do you think of that story? Great story. Good?
1: Point of information. Go. I love a good synopsis. <laughs> Sorry, you no, said I no, love a summary. summary. It's I know. a synopsis.
0: I, I, I forgot the word, but I in, in my defense, I got the first letter right. You
1: did. I yeah, did. Yeah. I did.
0: Uh, we should um also mention to, I think the Canadians would probably know. I met some Canadians when I was in Vegas and they were so Irish and we were so Canadian to them. Mm-hmm. We just bonded. Um, But just to any Americans who think uh, my uh, phrase, the crack wasn't mighty, that's C O A I C like we, it's something we say in Ireland. Like the crack was mighty. Like oh, it was a great night. Or how, how do you explain crack? Yeah, you it, Did I? Is that yeah, it? I, yeah. I, I I think the internet is so bad. That <laughs> yeah, even but the our Americans colloquialisms, don't. our colloquialisms, like there, if people don't go deliberately looking for them,
1: mm, I don't know. Right? Questions. Yes. Because. I thought I was understanding everything, and then Kate's a witch. <laughs> Kate's a witch. She but didn't. She, so there was two families. Yes. The bells and, and the bats. The bats. And Kate was a bat. Yes. Um, and she didn't like Mister Bell.
0: Mister Bell ripped her husband off, yeah,
1: basically. So she didn't like him. That's no. fine. She has her reasons. So
0: <laughs> she's she, <not> very diplomatic. <laughs> yeah, but, look,
1: but also at the same time, he might have been struggling and not telling everyone, and he needed to buy the land. Um. But then he meant the of slave, so like let's yeah, forget yeah, yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah. So she didn't like him um, uh, so she,
0: she she haunted her I house? think she astro projected.
1: Right. She did that makes sense. Now now me. I understand that right. So Because would it
0: not be completely and utterly exhausting if you have to control a demon? Because I know this sounds really silly, but I'm trying to think of Doctor Strange. Yeah. He slept while his astro projected self kept studying. So I think your astro projected self- have your brain activity so it can work independently and keep doing your bidding while you're off pretending that you're in church being all holy right now and
1: that sounds like a real homer simpson thing to want to be able to do
0: <laughs> <laughs> i want to sleep and eat at I'm the same
1: time marriage, i'm astro projecting into church but i'm gonna sit here watch the game and drink bud <laughs> no duff beer.
0: duff beer duff beer um but yeah it's a good story though because when you I, I could see why you, you were just kind of like Wait, I'm with you, but I don't think I'm with you, so I'm glad you have questions. I was with you
1: up until the bit where you said, Kate said, so like her astro projected ghostly presence was in the room, and people could
0: see her? No, they couldn't see her, they could, like, so basically that's where the, remember we discussed this before, the difference between a ghost, uh, or a level one energy, and a poltergeist, or a level four energy, so she was, like, ripping the blankets off them, and Pulling the pillow away from underneath them. Like, I've heard Irish mamies used to do that. My mum never did that. My mum was very lovely waking us up in the morning. But the thought of somebody pulling the pillow out from underneath you to get you out of the bed. That sounds haunting on don't. Its, it's
1: happened to me in Scouts.
0: Is that like a character building thing? That sounds awful. No,
1: it's just that I didn't get out of bed thing. Oh, well, then you deserved it. Yeah, but there was also pranks that were being held. <laughs> I, like, we I remember we went camping in... Done drone, but this is not in the shopping center. It's in, I think it's Tipperary, and there's a scale campsite there, Mm. and then there's a forest right beside it. So we, one of the days, we we plan to leave our tents and the main site go up and like make shelters. Yeah. Um, but some of the leaders, you've met some of these women, um, they stitched up everybody's sleeping bag.
0: No. Or, or picked a
1: handful. So when we went to get into our sleeping bag, like we were like,
0: hey, Okay, not get in. Okay, that's not so bad. I actually thought you were going to say they stitched them up while you were asleep sleeping them. I was like, that's really creepy. How did you not know, wake up? No, no, that, that wasn't. Yeah. I
1: no, didn't
0: do that. It. No. What was the last thing we were talking about? Yeah. So basically, blankets were getting ripped off. Pillows were getting pulled out from underneath them. The rats gnawing at their bedpost. No, you know, I can't do it with our microphones because we don't have those kind of microphones. But it was just that, you know, that scratch scratching kind of noise. You no, know, I've 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 had a mouse in my bedroom before, and it scared the holy woodazes out of me. But rats are, uh, no, just uh, yeah. So don't um, corner rats. No, to bite you or put them in buckets. It's a mafia thing.
1: Oh yeah, put them in buckets and put them on your belly and yeah a torch,
0: yeah. um. Yes. Yeah, so basically, I don't think her operation was very visible or very definitive. Mm-hmm. So she got away with it for a little while. Um, but a lot of them kind of thought, oh, this is a bit too coincidental. All that stuff happened. I don't think that much time passed between the dodgy transaction and then when this all started. So I think the family kind of knew. But like they'd, he'd got next from the church. So who was he going to do? What was he going to do?
1: Yeah, I'd love to know what really happened. No, maybe I don't want to. No, I
0: don't think. Um, there's the Bell Witch's cave story as well. That's really good because there's quite a lot I left out with this because there's just too much. Um, just
1: to clarify, yeah. Bell Witch is a bat woman.
0: Is Kate? Yes. That's a bit baddie. It is a bit baddie.
1: Sorry, uh, really? sorry, audience. I've been working my way up to that joke all day.
0: <laughs> Have you any characters I do. Me?
1: Yeah, Catty Bates, Kate.
0: Yes. 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 Because. Yeah. I think American Horror Story just has her kind of yeah. in my head, and then at the same time you've also got the Misery. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and then Lucy and John. I went with a bit of a wildcore here and something I started doing was picking from specific programs or TVs or yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. Because it's
0: easy for people to.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, do you know who Elizabeth Berkeley is?
0: I feel like I should.
1: You should. But if I say, if I say Mario Lopez, you know who Mario Lopez? I know
0: Lopez? who Mario Lopez. Oh my God. <laughs> he's from brooklyn 99 i'm like he's been in one episode
1: <laughs> he is not well maybe he was a brooklyn 99 he was one episode but he's ac slater a.
0: C. and elizabeth B- B- Ber- elizabeth
1: T- berkeley T- played jesse spano in saved by the Bell.
0: the blondie one with the curly hair
1: i don't know if she had curly hair but She's she was the blondie one oh, who wasn't like the curly. brunette and she wasn't lisa turtle
0: that's weird though i can't see mario lopez playing a villain i love it because I love when there's like an, a character that you've picked, and I'm kind of like, nah, I don't see it, and then I imagine it, and I'm like, oh god, no, I can
1: see it. I think you're right. She did have.
0: As the episodes progressed and they got older, I think she learned how to flat iron her hair. Yeah. Um, but I. No, blonde curly hair. Blonde yeah. curly
1: hair. It's nearly like ringlets in this.
0: Yeah. Uh, today is the we are recording on the thirtieth. And today is Friday. This is actually for next Friday's episode. Yeah. And today, Hoax Folks 2 came out, and I'm super, super excited. So this episode is kind of dedicated to the release. Kind of. I already wanted to do it. And it just happened to be quick dinkle. <gasps> Stephen! Go on. I fell down a rabbit hole this Why week. Why did you fall
1: down a rabbit okay. hole,
0: Okay. I have everything in tiny little bullet points, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the ones that I found the most interesting, so don't read ahead, Okay. Okay, so Walmart has a lower acceptance rate than Harvard. The Harvard acceptance rate is 4.5%, whereas Walmart is 2.6%.
1: As in people they accept?
0: Applications they actually accept. That's crazy. I know. The second thing I learned this week is hunting unicorns is legal in Michigan, so at least we know where they are.
1: Maybe their unicorns aren't there because it's... Because they've been, like yeah. they've all been overpoked. Yeah. Oh, that
0: that's got really dark very quick, cool, Stephen. <gasps> Cows moo in regional accents.
1: Me? <laughs>
0: that was really good. Uh, the Cookie Monster has a real name. His name is Sid.
1: Sid the Cookie Monster. Can then. you
0: see it, though? I can't really see it. Maybe it's just because it was so long that we've only ever known the one name. Uh, the blob of toothpaste that sits on your toothbrush has a name. It's called a nerdle.
1: A nerdle toothpaste.
0: That and finding out what the, the stroke on your T, no, the dot on your eye is called, are probably two of my favourite things that I've learned. While What's it ever called? A tittle. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, flowers like Viagra. Now yeah, they do. I took, I took down some information because I thought it was very vague otherwise. If you put some Viagra in a vase, it'll make flowers stand up straight for, a week. Up. <laughs> for a week longer uh, or beyond when they would have normally wilted.
1: But if it goes to two weeks, you have to see your GP.
0: Yeah, there's definitely something wrong. I, yeah. Although I think if you uh, light a match and then blow out the match, the amber on your wrist sometimes helps. I learned that from the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs>
1: To get rid of it
0: the- yeah. I don't know. It's something to do with the pain receptors.
1: Oh, and basically, if you, if you burn yourself, you you take it something else. Probably. Yeah. It's, you could just hit it, or hit it with a spoon. I don't know <laughs> what film I seen that in. <laughs> it was probably the one-year-old birthday. Yeah, it could have been.
0: Uh, the next one I found out was Neil deGrasse Tyson surprising other career that you probably won't guess what it is. While he was in graduate school. Astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson considered being a stripper to earn extra money, according to an interview with the University of North-South Wales, which I think is hilarious. Why not just call it Midlands Wales? North-South
1: Wales? No, it's because they were picking the name, and they were beside a bunch of kids playing, you know, they are playing. used to play with the elastic bands, Inside, Outside, Inside, (laughs) Scales. Inside, Outside, Inside, Scales. Wales.
0: He visited a club and watched dancers perform to the song Great Balls of Fire. Tyson left immediately and became a math tutor instead. Now it says here we're thrilled, of course, but I don't know. Again, I've watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Nine. Watch Apparently he's f- packing. So yeah. anyway, uh, the last thing I took uh, some information on this as well because it was just too vague. I couldn't not tell you. Lobsters communicate with their bladders lobsters have bladders on either side of their head so they communicate by urinating at each other if they want another lobster to know that they're happy or sad or angry or interested in a relationship they say it with P. I just thought that was really funny
1: oh funny haha ha. but yeah. i just
0: thought that was an interesting rabbit hole to follow them um tiny little tips that nobody needs to know this information but if mm-hmm. i have to know it i have to share it because somebody else might find lobsters urinating at each other to say hey how's it going i just think somebody else might find that interesting
1: turn off for me
0: um have you any other questions for me we finish up there say your words perfect okay so thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you have any questions please feel free to dm us on our instagram it's what's the story ghost if you have any personal stories you'd like to share it's what's the story ghost at gmail.com and i will include all the links on the episode that i used this week and those are all my words Exit Jingle? Exit
1: Jingle! I don't know the rest of it, I'm not
0: sure that's even right! No, I think that was- well, I knew what it was! I don't know the words! It's alright if you say bye by it. by. It's alright cause you say Neither one of us is in tune with each other! I do
1: apologise for this week's Exit Jingle! <laughs> bye! bye.